Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Romans, chapter 8. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. If you've been with us, you already know that chapter 1 through chapter 3, verse 20, Paul has been talking about man's lost condition, that all men are lost, all men are hopeless, all men are in need of salvation in chapters 1 through chapter 3, verse 20. And then just about chapter 3, verse 21, if you've been with us, you know that the tone kind of changes as Paul introduced the miracle of justification. And then in chapter 4, Paul uses the life of Abraham and King David, Father Abraham and King David, as examples of those who have lived by faith and those who were justified. And then chapter 5, we talked about there in chapter 5, we talked about the benefits of justification. Go on and peek at chapter 5, if you will. And the benefits of justification in verses 1 through 5, there's a bunch of them, but this was so good. We talked about the results, the benefits. We have peace with God. We're justified. In verse 2, we've got access because we're justified. We can come boldly to the throne of grace that we might receive grace and mercy and help in a time of need. And we talked about that. That's a wonderful thing. We stand in grace and, and, and we glory in tribulation in verse 3. And not only do we glory in tribulation, but that tribulation produces patience and patience, perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope, and hope does not disappoint because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. We talked about that in chapter 5, the benefits of justification. And then in chapter 6, Paul explained, and you can just kind of peruse in chapter 6, as Paul explained that we are free from the power and the penalty of sin. We are free. Just like Steve mentioned, we are free to worship God. Amen, saints? And we're free from the power and the penalty of sin. And then last week in chapter 7, we talked about that we are free from the law, and now we're free to live in the newness of the Spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. Then later on in chapter 7, again, we covered all this last week, Paul began to talk about this struggle that we all have as a Christian. I don't know about you, but I I struggle in my flesh. The things that I want to do, Paul says, those are the things that I don't do, and the things that I don't want to do, those are the very things that I do. And Paul says, man, this struggle is going on, and there's a warfare going on. And I don't know about you, but I want to serve God, and I want to love God, and I want to please God, and I want to be God's man, and yet my flesh says serve it. Can I get a witness? My flesh says serve it. My spirit says serve God. Jesus said the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So this battle going on, 
between the spirit and the flesh. And, and, and we have this struggle. And Paul says, I got that same struggle. And then I, and the, here Paul is like the greatest thinker to probably have ever lived. That, that he was a, 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 a study his writings and the, 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 the academics. And he's a thinker. Paul is brilliant. Would you agree? Just brilliant. And yet this brilliant man of God says, I struggle in my flesh just like everybody else. Maybe I'm the only one. And then Paul just like, he's like worn out. He just can't. He's like, phew. Oh, wretched man that I am. Verse 24, chapter 7. Who shall deliver me from this body of death and his bond of affliction? And then in verse 25, go ahead and look at it. In verse 25, he says, I thank who? God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Now, listen, here's where things amp up. We got this battle going on. We talked about that. This battle between the flesh and the spirit. Although, listen, we are in this life and we find ourselves struggling in the spirit. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are, underline that, in Christ. We'll talk about it in a minute. Romans chapter 8. Now, it was my intention to uh, cover Romans chapter 8, all verse 39 verses. But you know, in the interest of time, I think we'll just cover verse one. And uh, <laughs> maybe we'll get, I don't know, Lord, help me. I about barely got verse five, first service. So y'all just pray for me. Let's see what happens. Romans chapter eight, we pick up in verse one, saints. If you're looking at it, say amen. amen. There is therefore now, you know what? You got to read verse one with me. I can't read this by myself. Romans chapter eight, verse one, we pick up. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the law of the spirit in verse two of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. Here's why. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. Saints, you want to notice it doesn't say by us. It says the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled what? In us. Who do not walk according to the flesh, us Christian folk, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh, they set their minds on the things of the flesh. Now, isn't that true? But those who live according to the spirit, they set their minds on what, saints? The things of the spirit. Now, stop right there. Give me your attention. It has been said, listen, that if the word of God were a ring... And the book of Romans was its precious stone. 
then chapter 8 would be the sparkling point on the jewel. Like, bling! That's Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, from chapters 1 through 7, moving into chapter 8, chapter 8 is kind of the crescendo, as Paul has been talking about in Romans chapter 7, all the things that we discussed in my opening comments. All of those things in Romans 1 through 7 brings us to kind of this crescendo in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, as you read the chapter in your own time, you'll see that it begins with no condemnation. It actually ends with no separation. And in between, there's no defeat. No condemnation. No separation. And in the middle, we got the victory. There's no defeat. So Paul says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. Saints, listen, if you write in your Bibles, and by the way, it is okay to write in your Bibles. I know I, you know, I went to Catholic school. Most of my, you know, junior high or elementary and junior high and just around high school, I was kicked out, but I'll tell you later. And, <laughs> and uh, it's a long story. And, and, and I didn't do anything. That's what they all say. And, uh, but I remember being told, oh, don't write in the Bible. You cannot write in the Bible. I mean, it's the word of God. Don't write in the Bible. Because it's the Bible. It's the word of God. And, and I've come to realize that, listen, it, it, it's the words that are written that are inspired and the word of God. Not the paper. The paper comes from a tree. Y'all probably like, I came to church to learn that. The paper is from a tree. And there's nothing holy about the paper. It's the words of God that are God-breathed, and that's what's holy. Amen, saints? So you can write in your Bibles. Now, in your Bibles, if you do write in your Bibles, right here in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, there's therefore now no condemnation of those who are in Christ. You can write right in your margin, this is the greatest news ever. I love it. I love it. I love it. I could just meditate on this verse all day. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. I love that. And I'm glad it doesn't say that there is no weakness to those who are in Christ. I'm glad it doesn't say that there are no mess ups because I find myself messing up. I'm glad it doesn't say that there's no failings or shortcomings. I'm glad it doesn't say that there's no manifestations of my fallen nature to those who are in Christ. Because there's plenty of manifestations of my fallen nature. Oh, yeah, I'll tell you later what that means. Okay. It means we sin. It means we fail. It means our flesh is still there to deal with. Manifestations of my fallen nature. You don't believe me. You get out there on that 440 tomorrow morning unless somebody cut you off. And you see if your flesh doesn't manifest. You understand now? It says there is therefore now no, what, condemnation to those who are in Christ. If you're taking notes, you write this down. The word condemnation means to judge downward. It means to judge downward. 
to have a sentence passed that no one can appeal to, no condemnation. Again, saints, this is the best news ever. You know, it was Donald Gray Barnhouse who once said this, and perhaps you're familiar with this. He said, or familiar with Barnhouse, he said, if we lift our voices and jump up and down and scream when our favorite football team wins, if we scream when our favorite candidate gets elected, If we could let out a cheer when we find our lottery ticket won, if we could celebrate when our mother-in-law goes back home. (laughs) There are all kinds of things in life that make us want to jump up and down and scream, Barnhouse says. This is jumping up and down and screaming stuff. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. Now, listen, I want to point out something to you. There is a difference between condemnation and conviction. Amen. There's a difference between condemnation and conviction. What's the difference, Rodney? Well, listen, the devil condemns, the Holy Spirit convicts. The devil condemns and condemnation will push you away from the Lord. Conviction will draw you to the Lord. Uh, You know the difference of condemnation versus conviction. Is this the voice of God or is this the voice of Satan? Because condemnation, when you do something wrong, will say, you lowlife. You're disgusting. God can never use you. God never wants to use you. You're bad. You're worse. You're worse than you think. And that pushes you away from God. But conviction from the Holy Spirit will draw you to God. You'll, you'll, you'll start to think, you know, well, I, I shouldn't have done that. And God, forgive me. And Lord, help me. And you'll be drawn to God. That's the difference. Condemnation always comes from the devil. And the Bible says that the devil is a liar. Do you know? Did you know? Satan is not your friend. I don't know about you, but I don't want no liars for my friends. Can I get one witness? You mean this half of the room wants liars for friends? Oh, my God. We better pray now. Satan is a liar. The Bible says he's the accuser of the brethren. He's not your friend. The Bible teaches he's mean. He's ugly. He's no good. There's nothing good about him. I mean, think about it. There's nothing even good in his name. He doesn't even have a a, a good name. Satan, the adversary, Beelzebub, Lucifer, the prince of the power of the air, the enemy. He doesn't, Satan, he doesn't have a good name. I mean, think about it. Nobody even names their son Satan. Does anybody know anyone who has been named Satan? If you name your child Satan, you shouldn't have had that boy. That's not a political statement. That's just, it is what it is. Devil. Devil. I mean, think about that. That's not a good name, devil. Now you take that name apart, devil. D-E-E. V-I-L, devil. You take away the D, nothing good about his name. You take away the D, what do you have? Evil, because he's evil. You take away the E, what do you have? Vile, V-I-L, because he is disgusting and vile. You take away the V, what do you have? Ill, because Satan is ill. (laughs) Just yuck. 
Take away the I, what do you have? L, because that's where he wants to take you. <laughs> Amen? He wants to take you to L. <laughs> but, isn't it good to know that Jesus Christ defeated Satan? Isn't that good to know? Isn't it good to know that when Jesus died on the cross and he rose from the grave, that he stole the keys of death and hell from Satan? Jesus died not that you would go to hell. He died so that you could go to heaven. I'm going to wait. Y'all need to. I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to wait. And, and, and God's got a plan for your life, and, and it's a plan that is good and is not of evil, and everything about Jesus' name is beautiful. Everything about his name is beautiful. I mean, Jesus, the name Jesus. Now, conversely, how many people do you know that named their kid Jesus? That was good, wasn't it? That was, that was good. I didn't get that first service. That was good. Because everything about his name is beautiful, amen? It's just beautiful. He doesn't condemn. He never condemns. John chapter 8, don't you remember the story of the woman caught in the very act of adultery? And the Bible tells us that these men came and dragged her out. And they threw her down at the feet of Jesus. And she probably had on this sheet that they ripped her out of the bed carrying. And they brought her to Jesus and they threw her down. And, and they said, the law says stone her, Jesus. What do you say? And Jesus was cool as a cucumber. And last time you heard a cucumber, Jesus was just cool. And the Bible tells us that, 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 that he leaned down and he writes in the dirt. And one by one, each of them, those men walked away. And the woman was left there standing before the only one who could actually condemn her. And he was without sin. And Jesus said, woman, where are your accusers? And she said, they're gone, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Now go and sin no more. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Amen, saints? No condemnation to those who are in Christ. Those who are in Christ. Now, conversely, those who are not in Christ, well, the Bible says that there is condemnation. There is this judging downward. To those who are not in Christ, but to those who are in Christ, they're safe and secure. Listen, Genesis chapter 7, the story of Noah. You know the story. Noah had been building the ark. People are laughing and Noah's preaching and people are mocking him. And then God told Noah that he needed to bring his family into the ark and to take the animals and the birds and, 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 and then wait a week in the ark. Can you imagine two of every kind going in the ark and then with all of those animals and you have to just kind of sit there for a week and it's hot? It was terrible. And he went into the ark, the Bible says, and he was to wait a week and then it was going to rain for 40 days and 40 nights. And the Bible tells us that Noah was 600 years old when God called him to ministry. You think you're too old for ministry? 
Well, I'm 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 90 years old. I'm too old for ministry. No, you you young. Noah was 600, and God called him. And then we're told that Noah built the ark, and the ark, the Bible tells us, was pitched. Now watch this, on the inside and the outside. That word pitched in the Hebrew language is the same word used for atonement. Very, very interesting. So when Noah finished building the ark, and it was completed, we read that the Lord shut Noah in the ark. The Lord shut the door. Noah didn't shut the door. And when Noah, when the Lord shut the door and Noah, his family and all the animals were in the ark, they were safe and they were secure and they were protected. And the same is true for us. That ark becomes a picture of Christ. And the same is true for us when we find ourselves in him and he has closed the door and he's now protected us and kept us secure and kept us safe. We're safe in Christ. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ. Because we're in him. There's no condemnation because we're in Christ. No condemnation who do not in verse one In verse one, who do not notice walk according to the flesh. Go ahead and look at it. But according to the spirit. Now, listen, the walk according to the flesh speaks of the fleshly life. Those who are in Christ do not walk according to the fleshly life. You notice in verse two, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ has made me free for from the law of sin and death. You will notice this word for saints in verse two. You'll notice this word for about 17 times in this chapter. And here's just a few. Of course, we've got four in verse two. The law of spirit of life in Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. Verse three, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. Verse five, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the flesh. Go ahead and look at verse six, four, verse seven actually says because or could be translated for verse 13, verse 14, verse 15, verse 18, verse 19, verse 20, verse 22, verse 24 and verse 29. The word for all of these verses are built off the idea that there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ. Because the law of the spirit of life in Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. In other words, saints, listen close. The law of the spirit of life in Jesus Christ, are you listening, is higher and more superior and more overriding and more powerful than the law of sin and death. The law of the spirit of life is the dominating law. And the law of sin and death is subject to it. The law of spirit of life is a higher law. It's almost like if you go over to RDU and you see those planes that are bound by the law of gravity. You turn on the engines and the law of aerodynamics takes place. It takes over. Gravity is still in effect. And it still pulls on the plane. But there's a higher, more powerful force at work which allows them to override the law of gravity and soar up into the sky. 
This is what Paul is saying. We are free from the law of sin and death because of the law of the spirit of life in Christ is higher, more powerful than the law of sin and death. You need to say amen. Amen. Because if the law of sin and death were more powerful than the law of the spirit of life, then we would all be dead in our sin. You got that? I told you Paul was brilliant. He's a brilliant mind. So Paul says in verse three, go ahead and look at it for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. The law couldn't make us righteous before God because of the weakness of our flesh and what we could not do for ourselves. God did for us by sending Jesus who lived a righteous and perfect life. Jesus died for us and we couldn't die for ourselves. For our own sins. Jesus came to the earth as a man and he was sinless. And he didn't only come to live a sinless life, but he came to die a sacrificial death. Jesus' death on the cross, saints, listen, was the most powerful, the greatest transaction to ever take place in history. You understand? It was the greatest transaction to ever take place in history. On the cross, Jesus made complete payment For our sins. He paid for our past sins. He paid for our future sins. And he paid for our present sins. That's why when the writer. I don't know who wrote it. Said Jesus paid it all. And all to him I owe. Jesus paid it all. You know he could have paid half your debt. And you would have had to pay the other half. That's how I do it in my house. (laughs) Amen. You want something? Give me half. Parents say, man, give me some money. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at one 800 293 That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the media library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a song.